Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One smash song does not a lasting music career make. And nobody knows that better than the dozens of artists in the 1970s and 1980s now labeled one-hit wonders. But here at Great Pop Culture Debate, we don't consider that term disparaging. Having one hit song is a hell of a lot better than most music artists achieve. And we want to celebrate these temporary sensations who managed to capture musical magic for one brief moment of time. So join us as the Great Pop Culture Debate attempts to name the best one-hit wonder of the 1970s and 1980s. It's raining men and... Oops, I forgot to wear my rubbers. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. <laughs> Welcome this week's panel. He's playing that funky music because he is a white boy. It's Derek Makita. I'm one of the good ones, I swear. <laughs> mm, they all say that. She's precocious, and she knows just what it takes to make a pro blush. Welcome back, Heather McLean. I'll tease you and unease you, too. That's a girl. And she leads me through moonlight, only to burn me with the sun. It's Carissa Claus. It's true. I am like the wind, and that is my M.O. Yes, ma'am. So before we get to the debate, let's go over how this works. We put up a poll of nearly 150 singles from the 1970s and 1980s whose artists have been deemed one-hit wonders. For our purposes, that meant that the artists in question, even if they had subsequent or even previous singles, never again recaptured the success of the song with which they are most associated. Roughly 60 people took the survey, and we took the top 32 vote-getters, ranked them by popularity, and assigned them to a bracket. Now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Note that for this episode of the podcast, we strictly focused on one-hit wonders from the 70s and 80s. The 90s and 2000s will get their due in a future episode. We promise we are already lusting to discuss I'm Too Sexy, The Humpty Dance, Come and Ride the Train, The Thong Song, etc. So uh, we're also doing things a little bit differently for season three onward because you demanded it. You, yes, you, instead of two part episodes, we're taking it down to just one main episode per topic where we'll be starting at the Sweet 16 and arguing down to our ultimate winner. If you want to hear how we run things down from the top 32 to the Sweet 16, become a Patreon supporter and listen to the Patreon-exclusive warm-ups where we work through round one. But first, you can play along at home. Head to greatpopculturedebate.com, click on polls and brackets, where you can find the listener bracket for this and every episode of the podcast. Make a copy for yourself, that part is important, then fill it out with your own picks, smugly agreeing when we make the same choices, and screaming at your smartphone when we get it terribly, terribly wrong. Also, if you want to hear all of the songs on this bracket, check out the playlist we created of the top 50 songs from the poll, which you can find at bonus section of our website and at Spotify. With that said, let's move on to the debates. First up, it was One Seed Take On Me by AHA versus Mickey by Tony Basil, a four seed. Derek, why don't you go on to Take On Me? I can't even believe I have to argue this against Mickey because, I mean, it's Take On Me for Christ's sake. Okay. It's 1985. We're all living in the world of MTV, and that's where we're getting all our music now. And people are sort of still listening to music on the radio, and they're sort of still taping it onto cassette tapes, you know, pirating it. But really, music videos are driving our music world. And Take On Me is 
pop perfection. And it is like the quintessential one hit wonder of the eighties. The music video is freaking everything. And I, I wish I could sing it. Um, unfortunately, it's not in my range. And quite frankly, it's not in most people's range. It's not in um, anybody's range. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it's in Eric's range, but I'm whatever. Ah! Um I and and I'm I'm gonna cut off my argument there because I'm gonna just let it fester for a little while until we get to the end because th- this song, it's a one seed for a reason. Absolutely it is. It was actually the ultimate number one seed for our entire poll. It was the one that got the most votes by a significant margin. Um, I will say this. There were people who complained that uh, there were artists on the poll that were not, in fact, one-hit wonders. I suspect AHA was one of the ones they were talking about. AHA had a very long career in Europe. There's no question about that. They had multiple songs over there. In the United States, which is what we're looking at, I dare you to name me another AHA song that was successful. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller. It just didn't happen. So I do believe they are one hit wonders. But I'm here to talk about Mickey. And and the comment that Derek made was that AHA and the video really was kind of capturing music at that time. Mickey did it first. Mickey was one of the first big music video hits of the 1980s. And um, it is not a terribly technical video, except as Carissa pointed out in our warm up, if you listen to that, it is believed or, or is credited as the first choreographed music video. Is that correct, Carissa? That is correct. Yeah. And so if folks don't know, Tony Basil, we refer to her as a one-hit wonder because of the song. She had a very long and illustrious career in Hollywood as a choreographer. I believe she worked with Paul Abdul. Like she has done quite well for herself aside from this song. But this song itself is catchy as hell. Uh, you've got the claps and the cheers and the whole thing. Like if you hear this song, even the Spanish language version of Mickey, I love. And it's it's <laughs> mostly the same translation, but not quite. Um, Keiko Triste no compres nos or something like that it's great um but it's 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 a banger and it's it's great in fact i say banger gwen stefani's holla back girl owes a lot to mickey and there are mm, several other yes. songs that are very mm-hmm. much in that main um i also i love the music video for this because you have 80s cheerleaders 80s cheerleaders no longer exist there are not women in cheer that look like the girls in this video and i love them they are built like tanks and they can throw and put people up on pyramids like nobody's business so congratulations i love you tony basil for coming out there killer song great video but i'm not gonna be mad that take on me (laughs) forward because it's fucking take on me carissa where are you on this i'm with take on me although i i very much appreciate everything that mickey has to offer Absolutely. And what about you, Heather? Same. Take on me 100%. I love Mickey, but yeah, you can't. There's no way that Trump's, I hate that term, take on me. Yeah. It's guys like you, Mickey. What you do, Mickey. What you do, Mickey. All right. So (laughs) we are going to put take on me ahead. And next up, it is She's Like the Wind by the icon, Patrick Swayze. First use of iconic this episode. Take a drink. Um, <laughs> versus Tommy Two uh, Tommy Two Tones Jenny slash eight six seven five three zero nine a two seed. And I'm going to have Heather talk about Mr. Swayze. I, I I don't really think that this one needs that much convincing because I just don't understand how anybody could vote against this man. Mm. You know, like you have the imagery from Dirty Dancing. You have like this. This song just brings such a smile to my face and a warmth to my heart, perhaps unlike anything else on this list. It is 100% nostalgia. Also, this song was released in 1987, 
the year that I was released. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there you can't can't hate that either. It also spent 18 weeks at number one. Wow. I did not realize wow. that. Good for you, Patrick Swayze. He really was a renaissance man. I they don't make him like Patrick Swayze anymore. No, he could dance. He could sing. He could kind of act. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he could act. He was very good. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I know. Um, I don't think anyone is going to vote for Jenny. Correct, Carissa? Correct, Derek? Oh, no. Yeah, I am with Swayze here. We did talk about Jenny, and it's, uh, I guess we'll say it's successes in the warm-up. Um, but uh, it's clear that she's like, the win is the win here. It is surprising to me that Tommy, a two-tone, was a two-seed, and she's like, the win was a six-seed. That's bonkers. But moving on, it's Tainted Love by Soft Solo, one-seed, versus Stuck in the Middle with You by Steeler's Wheel, a four-seed. And I think we were, again, unanimous in this one. It was no no contest. We talked about Stuck in the Middle in, in the warm-up quite a bit. Uh, Tainted Love, I don't feel like I need to say anything because we're just going to hold it to the next round. Uh, we have Play That Funky Music by Wild Cherry, a six seed versus Don't You Forget About Me, a two seed. And again, were we unanimous for Don't You Forget About Me? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, mind you, I feel bad. I keep referring to the warm up. If only you'd listened. Um, <laughs> uh, Play That Funky Music is a great song. And we talked about how that baseline slaps. It's a great strut in that ass song. And it uh, is, did you say, Derek, one of the top 100 songs according to Rolling Stone? Yes, top 100 songs on Billboard of all time. Yeah. And I think rightfully so. It is a one hit wonder, but it is kind of its own little genre to itself it's rock it's funk and it is as effective in 2021 as it was when it was released in the 1970s that said it's out for don't you forget about me which is quintessential 80s cheese uh next we have you spin me around like a record by dead or alive a one seed versus black velvet by alana miles a five seed so we're again unanimous here um for dead or alive but i did want to have my panelists speak on black velvet specifically carissa you wanted to say something oh i just wanted to say um we talked earlier a little well in the warm-up about the um cultural moments that we associate a lot of these songs with and for me i cannot um extract this song from seeing juju b perform this in a lip sync for uh rupaul's drag race season four no three sorry Ooh. season Ooh. three Season two? two. Oh my gosh. Sorry, Juju. Um, season two, doing her incredibly drunk lip sync to this song. <laughs> it was magic. Which is incredible. And also changed the rules of Drag Race for all future queens uh, and got those liquor bottles removed from the uh, from the lounge. <laughs> Absolutely. And I wanted to add that Alana Miles um, was not supposed to be a one-hit wonder. She was supposed to be a huge music artist, and she got screwed by the music industry. I don't remember the exact details of it, but there was a VH1 behind the music back in the day, and there was something going on with a record label. Somebody pissed somebody off, and she got cut off at the knees. And, um, I mean, you listen to this song, and the performance is incredible. There was mm -hmm. nothing mm -hmm. else on, on the radio at the time. I mean, I guess it was kind of Bonnie Radish, but... A much sexier Bonnie Raitt. And um, it was great. Even as a kid, because this came out late 80s. I must have been like 10, 11. Even I was like, oh, this is this is dirty. This is filthy. But in a way that's also acceptable to general audiences. And it's a great performance and a terrific voice that frankly should have had a much longer run than she did. So um, we did want to give some 
pay attention to Miss Lyles. Uh, next up, we have Funky Town by Lip Sync, a three seed versus Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles, a two seed. And this is going to be a, a battle. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let Derek take Funky Town first. Okay. So Funky Town is quintessential disco. I think we can all agree this. Um, mm-hmm. It came out in 1980, which, you know, for disco was sort of like, it was starting to round the corner, if you will. Um, it cannot give me enough cowbell. Just the cowbell <laughs> in Funky Town. It it like between the cowbell and 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 just like it makes you want to do the robot because it's slightly synthy and you know you could perfectly see Eric strutting that ass down down mm-hmm. the street. You know it, honey. I mean, if if Eric ever had a disco anthem, it'd be gonna be Funky Town. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's disco funk, which you know for disco, it's got that that little bit of like nasty to it you know what i mean like it's not just like it's got like it's got a little soul to it um it's got saxophone it's got strings it's got a funky guitar um i I dare you not to dance to this song um so yeah keep me moving keep me grooving with some energy funky town funky town all right carissa the buggles video kill the radio star so this is interesting because this is a matchup where they both came out at basically the same time. This is a 1979 song, um, but it's definitely post-disco sort of synth pop. Um, and here's a fact. This video was the first video shown on MTV in Correct. the U.S. Yep. Um, wow. So this was their debut single also, uh, which is kind of – sad when you think about it (laughs) you start at the top and then you just can never reach that again um the song is also for me uh very much tied to empire records it's the song that's playing when they're setting up the record store and i think just generally it, it kind of um expresses the evergreen sentiment of you know new technology replacing the old and nostalgia for the past um and you know a sense of um future generations can't appreciate the time that we have lived through or you know whatever so there's that about it but it's also it's catchy af and it's it's just uh it's a fun pop song it absolutely is it's a great song and i agree that it is kind of sad that that was their first single and there was nothing else there was nothing else no uh Heather, where are you on this? You know, this is one where I was also very torn. But again, Derek, I really think you should have been a lawyer. I <laughs> you, have, you have moved me. And, you know, what the world needs is more cowbell. I'm totally in agreement with that. <laughs> and for that reason, I think I'm going to go to Funky Town with you. Yeah. It's where it's at. Um, mm-hmm. Carissa, I love you and I love this song, but I cannot vote against Funky Town. It's actually like against my religion. So <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll literally lose his gay card if he votes. I will lose it. It's, it'll get pulled. Uh, all right. So that is Funky Town moving on to our next round. Next, we have Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runner, a one seed, versus Melt With You by Modern English, a four seed. And Derek, you're going to talk again on Come On Eileen. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, so Come On Eileen came out in 1982, um, which I, just in my head, it feels like a li- slightly like mid to later 80s song, but it is actually that early. Um, Come On Eileen makes you want to go find a piano bar and sing along. 
It's a great, it's honestly, it's a great party song Mm -hmm. and it's got Celtic folk influences. It's just, it's, it's very unusual for, for this period. Um, it's, it varies and builds the tempo for maximum impact. And um, lyricist Kevin Rowland said Eileen was actually a composite of a person and that he mostly wrote the song to make a point about Catholic repression. And if that's not a reason to vote for this song, I really don't know what it is. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to end my argument. And another theme in this episode, again, calling back to the warm up, is it's amazing how many 80s pop songs were, in fact, a statement against the establishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a thing. You have 99 Red Balloons. You have, uh, what's the other one? Oh, Safety Dance. Like, it's yes. bizarre. How many, I mean, there was also the one that was about um, anti apartheid, uh, which is Sun City, I believe it was. Uh, there's, it was like its own little cottage industry. It's fascinating. If you are not understanding a word that I'm talking about, um, and you were not alive in the 80s. That's okay. Um, some of us on this podcast were barely alive in the 80s. Hey, um, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Don't you hate? Uh, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I'm here to educate. I'm, I'm being a good auntie. So um, it's, it is a very different time. And I am curious to see now that we're in kind of similar states politically that we were in the 80s, if perhaps music becomes more political as well. That's a total aside. Um, so I'm here to talk about Melt With You by Modern English. These are both songs that would could be considered part of the new British invasion that happened in the 80s. Um, Melt With You is a very sweet song that is a, a, a kind of low-key romance song. The thing that I associate most with Melt With You, and this is kind of a weird story, is I read in a profile in Ella Generous years ago, and the day that her sitcom got canceled in the blowback to her coming out as a lesbian, she recalls being in the car and listening to Melt With You and thinking that her career was over and that she'd given it all up. And um, the whole thing just – that for whatever reason really struck with me. Like this is kind of a perfect song about like stopping the world and just – being in your life and just this is what happens when you like just go with what's happening and for me i found that very moving i'm not going to argue with you necessarily that should advance over come on eileen because i think come on eileen is probably a better song and i think almost certainly a better one hit wonder but i did want to speak for it so carissa where are you on this one i'm with come on eileen it also just sounds filthy. I, I, I need to <laughs> Which one? Both. Uh, both. Uh, Heather, where are you? I'm also with Come On Eileen uh, and have kind of a funny personal story to go with it in which one of my closest friends from uh, university, in fact, married one of the band members oh in Dexy's Midnight Runners. No. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. So I have, in fact... Uh, spoken with never met him in person she met him in the uk obviously but um yeah yeah spoken with a member of dexy's midnight runners how about that true story so i because of that rushes with greatness right here in the great Mm -hmm. pop culture debate we are tangentially connected to the star adjacent look at us (laughs) tangentially connected to the star adjacent by the way they're they've since divorced so i no longer have a connection (laughs) so even more tangentially connected all right well thank you we are moving come on eileen forward finally for the sweet 16 it is relaxed by frankie goes to hollywood a six seed versus it's raining men by the weather girls a two seed and ladies and gentlemen this is our third season doing this podcast we have never had 
a gayer matchup in the history. <laughs> this is, and that is why it is not an, an accident that the two homosexuals on this podcast have tapped the two women on this podcast to fight for them because it's a lose lose for Derek and I. You must understand this. So, with that said, Carissa, please talk about Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, well, this is really interesting because I think I've talked about this song a few times on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> over yeah. the gayest music video and maybe a bit gay anthem maybe strutting that ass song maybe, i don't yeah. <laughs> there's been a lot um yeah. the song is just i mean it came out in 1983 uh and i i it's kind of inextricable from the video, uh, which is probably what my um, gay cohorts are thinking of uh, when they think of this song, too. It's um, it's a nightclub full of leather daddies, and there's a tiger at some point, and it's just like, like the song is like it on surface level it's not dirty um but it is all euphemisms and it is filthy and uh got itself banned from the bbc um even before they shot two different videos for this they shot one that was just the band with like lasers or something and and they still were like yeah i know the content of the song is what we're not gonna allow so um so yeah i mean there's there's some street cred there and uh, speaking of cultural relevancy, uh, we are recording this in the middle of January, and this was the elimination lip sync song on RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two, episode one. It sure so. was. Mm-hmm. Hit me with those laser beams. <laughs> All right. So, Heather, it's raining men. I- Look, relax is a great song. It's raining men is an icon. I mean, this song is like being in a Southern Baptist church on a Sunday. Like, you cannot help but believe when you hear this song. I mean, you've got, like, two women who, by all accounts, did not belong in pop music in 1982. These are big, amazing, powerhouse diva voices on two Black women. You know what the group's original name was, right? Oh, no. yes. It was... Uh... It was two tons of fun. That was the original <laughs> name. Yes, it's true. Yes. That's not a joke. Wow. Yep. And they had to let go of it because someone in Oklahoma was already using that name. Oh, my God. I mean, if you're going to be two tons of fun, Oklahoma's where it's at. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just... These women were, they were trailblazers. They were incredible. And this song, I mean... Get ready, all you lonely girls, and leave your umbrellas at home. It's genius. Time to get wet. Absolutely. So absolutely soaking wet, they say. Soaking, soaking wet. You know, like this song has everything I love. It has like total crazy metaphors. It has like two women breaking down barriers. It has two women who don't like fit the mold that everybody had in their head of what songstresses in the early 80s looked like. Everything about this song is magic for me. But I'd also like to acknowledge that as a straight woman, I certainly cede the floor to my colleagues of the gay persuasion. This is this is very difficult. Uh, Derek, I'm going to give it to you first. Where are you coming down here? So I am in the relax camp, and I think it's because 
first of all, growing up and hearing it's raining men as as a burgeoning yet closeted homosexual always made me slightly uncomfortable. Like I liked the song, but I thought I maybe I shouldn't like the song. It was very it was a very conflicting time for me. Come um, on, internalized homophobia. Whereas, 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 rela- where, yeah, whereas relax, I'm like, I always love the song. I had no idea what it was about or what, what what the subtext was, so I just owned it. So for me, it's relax. Isn't it like an ode to poppers, basically? It's, it's an ode to bottoming is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like that, again, that's not a joke. Mm-hmm. Relax. Mm-hmm. Don't do it when you want to get to it. So it's basically relax and just unclench. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't mean to disturb you, but that is the context of the song. So you, listeners, you hear you hear the legal jeopardy that I'm in. On the one hand, I have a song that is basically giving an instructional manual to young bottoms on how to get things done versus a song about being a slut. So <laughs> there are no winners. There are no losers. Um, it, for me, I have to go with the Weather Girls here because I love Relax. It's a great song. I, I Shout out to the amazing sequence in Zoolander. It's a polarizing oh, movie. Yes. I love oh, it. Yes. And this song in that sequence is amazing. Um, but for the Weather Girls, it, I this is a true story. The first guy I ever dated, we had This Is The Alarm Clock song to wake us up in the morning. It's not a good alarm clock song, by the way, because it starts with a thunderstorm. Terrible. Bad idea. Um, but this, uh, you have long, blonde, tall and mean, rough and tough and strong. Oh, I, I screwed up some of them. But all of those things, check, 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 check. I want all of those men. I have never seen a, a gay men's chorus perform this song, and I don't understand how that happened because this is like your big showstopper number. So for me, it has to be the Weather Girls. Uh, that gets a tie right now, correct? Uh, yes. So that means by tiebreaker votes, we go by seeds. The Weather Girls is a two, Relax is a six. Yes. That means that's going to continue. Sorry about it. Um, there are many great songs about bottoming and uh, <laughs> that's really it broke barriers um so thank god for that stay tuned for that mini sode yeah i, I was like eric at some point can you uh <laughs> yeah i'd like to see that bracket oh, absolutely man. troy savon please come and be our guest one uh we'll discuss bloom so <laughs> the ghost of casey Kasem is telling me that it's time for us to take a break we will be right back as we go into round three Hey, Eric. So I heard, and this may be true, that you were actually the Great Pop Culture Debate's very first Patreon subscriber. (gasps) Was I? You were. You're not only a panelist, you're also a founder. Also a founder. I mean, it does give me a feeling of joy to contribute towards high quality podcasts like the Great Pop Culture Debate so that, you know, like I get swag. Yeah. What kind of swag do you get? Um, You get a button. That's the one I signed up for. Is there a tote? I feel like there should be a tote. (laughs) There's not a tote yet, but that's a great idea. I have some other ideas that I'm working on. You get access to things early. You get access to Patreon only little mini-sodes. You get to hear 
hear the warm-ups before when everyone's just kind of getting their little sea legs before they get into the main the main attraction. And you get season zero. You get season zero. It's exactly right. You will never hear the otherwise, folks. And there's some great episodes in that, which include best Madonna single, best RuPaul's Drag Race lip sync, best uh, 90s cartoon. And the only way you can hear those is by getting a Patreon sponsorship with for as low as $2 a month. Then you even get season zero just for that. So, so thank you very much, Kate. Uh, we appreciate all of our Patreon sponsors. And if you do have the interest, please go to patreon.com backslash great pop culture debates and support us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Great Pop Culture Debates episode devoted to the best one-hit wonders of the 70s and 80s. We are down to the final eight. And at this point, I always like to take a step back and see how we got here and if they are the correct ones. We have Take On Me by Aha versus She's Like the Wind, Tainted Love versus Don't You Forget About Me, You Spin Me Around Like a Record versus Funky Town, Come On Eileen versus It's Raining Men. In my opinion, this is a very strong top eight. There's, there's, as someone pointed out while we were on break, uh, She's Like the Wind is the lowest seed with a six. I have a suspicion that the makeup of our panel has pushed that farther than maybe it would in others. Um, but there also is definitely a skew towards the 80s, which again, I, I think is probably due to our demographic. But with that said, I think it's a very strong group. I think these are all excellent songs and great representations of one-hit wonders. So we are going to jump right into it. Take On Me by Aha versus She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze. Going to go around the horn. Derek, where are you coming down on this? Oh, I'm firmly Take On Me. Absolutely. All right. Heather? Also firmly Take On Me. Carissa? Uh, I'm also going to go with Take On Me, but I do feel like we need to acknowledge um, that the podcast is historically torn on saxophone solos. Um, <laughs> which she like the wind. <laughs> I mean, Curtis isn't here, <laughs> and she's like the wind has a really great one. So, yeah. <laughs> We talk, we're just talking about future episodes. We 100% are going to do a best saxophone solo episode. It, absolutely. absolutely. I wish to be represented on that. <laughs> and, and I've never been able to go on record about this. And I would just like to say I'm here for a saxophone solo. So <sighs> Kate Reculia, I see you. Yeah, <laughs> you are on notice with that said it is the unanimous victory for take on me uh and we lament the loss once more of patrick swayze next up it's tainted love by soft cell versus don't you forget about me by simple minds i'm gonna start with carissa this time where are you coming down i'm gonna go with tainted love here all right and how about derek i'm gonna have to stick with the breakfast club don't you forget about me interesting okay we'll have a debate on that in a second heather where are you Hey, 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 hey. Don't you okay. forget about me. <laughs> I'm with Chris on Tainted Love. Uh, so I want to hear Heather talk to me about Breakfast Club, if you don't mind. So this is a film that I didn't see when it was released, but I have seen many times later. Uh, it was said on break, Heather, have you even seen Breakfast Club? <laughs> And I'd like to state for the record that while young, I am not a neophyte. And of course, I have seen Breakfast Club, I don't know, probably five to six times in my 
30 plus years of existence. This song is iconic, but it's iconic beyond just Breakfast Club. It's been taken into so many other movies. Uh, Emma Stone riding on the back of the motor of the lawnmower at the end of Easy A. You know, like there's so many other ways that this song continues to be. It's it's a visual song for so many people. Yeah. It's a good argument. Um, And as you were talking and talking about specifically Easy A, it occurred to me, this song, beyond just being a really good song, is kind of inextricably tied to the leaving of high school. And like Mm -hmm. the unknowingness of what's going to happen to you after you leave that pre-planned flight path. And now you're on on your own. So what's going to happen to you? I think that's actually really um, resonant. But that said, Carissa, talk to me about Tainted Love. I mean, this song is just like synth pop perfection. Um, It's from 1981. And it's got those, it's just got that great kind of bass line with those, those punches, you know, like this is, this is also an interactive song. Should you want to make it (laughs) be one? Um, and then it, 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 I don't think it's ever really lost cultural relevancy. Um, cause I, I mean, I don't know which version I heard first, if it was this one or if it was Marilyn Manson's version, um, which came out 20 years later and is still, I mean, I think my favorite Marilyn Manson songs are actually his covers. So, there's that. But, um, but yeah, this song, it just, it has this really cool staying power and it's just so punchy. Uh, so I, I give it the edge here. It also has a great sample because it samples the Supremes, uh, Where Did Our Love Go? in a really, I think, potent way. Like it's, it's this longing, but at the same time, like you want to get away from the, from the jackass. And I think mm-hmm. everyone on this podcast can relate to shitty men mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you still have feelings for them, but you know, you shouldn't because they're the worst. the worst. But so with that said, Derek, you're still with breakfast club here. I am. And it's, it's purely because tainted love is, is a great song. I, I will, I will give it that, but don't you forget about me captures a mood for an entire generation. And I just don't think tainted love does that. I would actually argue that it captures a mood for more than a generation. Yeah, universal. It's, I it's agree. universal. And I think it's for every, like every generation again, coming out of high school, that song is relevant, but I think tainted love speaks to everyone who's ever had to deal with an absolute douchebag as a partner. And for that reason, it's even more universal in my opinion. Um, I also think it is a better driving and bar song, but I could be swayed against that. I, I will hear arguments. There is no argument because you're right. It is. <laughs> it is a better driving and right. bar song. It I'm is. willing to see that. Um, okay, so are we locked in? Are we still two and two? Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. with that said, Tainted Love is a one seed, and Don't You Forget About Me is a two seed. So Tainted Love would wow. move forward. Wow. I mean, those are two real juggernaut songs right there. Highway robbery. Uh, I, don't, I, think, I think Don't You Forget About Me had a very good run, and I don't think it necessarily deserves to be in the top four. That's just my opinion. Whereas you could argue that Tainted Love doesn't either, but... Yell at me on social media, everyone. Next <laughs> up, it's You Spit Me Around Like a Record by Dead or Alive versus Funky Town by Lip Sync, and this one's going to kill me. So I'm going to start with Heather. Where are you coming down? I'm going Funky Town. I, Derek had staying power for me, and uh, I'm, you know. 
All right. Uh, Derek, you sticking with Funky Town? I absolutely am. Carissa. I'm you spin me. Yeah. And I'm definitely spin me. So let me talk a little bit about this song. We haven't talked about it yet. Um, I love Dead or Alive. I Yes, they are a one-hit wonder. In the States, again, name another Dead or Alive hit. You can't. They did have subsequent songs that charted in the UK. Um, if you go back and listen to Youthquake, which is their like really big album, it is a banger, ladies and gentlemen. Carissa, have you ever listened to this? No. There are great songs on that album. I think like five or six are saved to my Spotify like song playlist. They're really great. You have this amazing lead singer in Pete Burns, who was a style icon, first of all. Like, yes, everyone was doing weird glam metal hair stuff in the 80s, but Pete Burns is out there with the incredibly teased hair, the superfluous eye patch, all of it, um, gender bending. Pete then became openly trans in the late 80s, early 90s, which was unheard of basically at that time. Um, and, and Pete is an incredible pop vocalist. So You Spin Me is a catchy song that builds and builds and builds and explodes. It is, to me, the platonic idea of what an 80s pop single should be. There's also, if you want to talk about continued cultural relevancy, the hilarious remake video that Jimmy Fallon did with Paul Rudd like a year ago, where they did a shot-for-shot remake of the video of it you spin me right round. And it's ludicrous, but still amazing. (laughs) So uh, with that said, Heather and Derek, are you sticking with your vote? I'm willing to move. I am also going to switch over. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Eric. Well, well, and, and here's the thing. Like, I love Funky Town. I, yeah. I love Funky Town. There's almost no lyrics to Funky Town. Correct. So it's it's more about, like, the musicality of it than the artistry of it. Mm-hmm. Correct. And um, as I was saying to friends of mine when we were working on this, if you put a, a microphone into my head and just listened for the background song, it would just be Funky Town <laughs> on MVP. <laughs> There was a a book, Would You Rather? And one of the options would, Would You Rather Never Listen to Music Again or Only Hear Lip Sync's Funky Town over and over again until you died? And I was like, how is this even a question? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that said, I can't put it over Dead or Alive. I can't. Chris, do you have anything to add? No, I think you did a great job. I think I did a shitty job, but thank you very much. (laughs) Wait, you changed minds. I'm changing minds, changing underwear. (laughs) All right. Uh, Finally, it is Come On Eileen versus It's Raining Men. Uh, Carissa, where are you on this? I'm with Dexie's Midnight Runner. Wow. Bold. Okay. Uh, Heather. Uh, It's Raining Men. And uh, Derek. I'm Come On Eileen. (gasps) This is scandalous. Okay. Why are you gasping? This is the quintessential one-hit wonder song. It's really good. Yeah. I I think that... Others in the top four are the quintessential one-hit wonder song. I think Come On Aileen is a very good song, and I think it deserves to be in the top eight. I don't think it deserves to be in the top four. To me, It's Raining Men does. But even as I'm saying this, I understand if I was not a raging homosexual, would I be making this argument? And the answer's probably no. Yeah. Uh, the answer's probably no. Yeah. Heather, do you want to say anything to try to, like, loop me up to keep me on the It's Raining Men side? You know, it, here's... I love both of these songs. It's Raining Men for me. I, I think the Weather Girls symbolize something that I love. I, I'm kind of with you, Eric. Do I think that this is like a better musical, you know, a, a piece of artistry than Come On Eileen? No, absolutely not. But is it the earworm that keeps on giving? A hundred percent. For sure. And, and um, 
Go ahead. I don't know. I, I struggle in these moments with like, am I voting for what's clearly a better song, which is Come On Eileen, or am I voting for the thing that, I don't know, brings me joy and a smile, which is definitely the Weather Girls. Yeah, because I would listen to the Weather Girls all day, all night. And Come On Eileen, I think I'm good after like two listens. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. All right. I will hear arguments from the Dexie's Midnight Runner fans. <laughs> uh, that statement has not been said. <laughs> I mean, the fact that a band with this name exists and we all know who they are is just that alone, I think, speaks to what the song is. Plus, the, everybody knows the song, and there's the line, Tura Lura Lay. Like, what? <laughs> it's true. That's excellent. Also, yes. they were making overalls fashionable at a time yeah. when we really needed that. So, points But there's there. no spelling in that song. You know, Chris, I'm just... There is I'm true. Not. It's true. true. But overalls and bandanas around the neck, and that's it. The leaving your house <laughs> with just a bandana and overall... Uh, it's a hot look. It's a hot look. All right, Derek. I mean, I'm sticking with Come On Eileen because if I were to take my gay hat off for just a moment, um, I know that God might smite me because he's like, look, I found him. Um, but no, I, I, ha- I, I have to stay with this. I have to stay with this song because I, I feel like it is more of a universal party song. Mm. Whereas It's Raining Men makes me think of like – Awkward uncles on a dance floor at a wedding for some reason dancing to this and not really knowing why because they're like, you know, three sheets to the wind. I feel um, so seen right uh, now, Derek. I, mean, just, I, I just think that Come On Eileen is a, is a really fun song. I just – I yeah. I'm willing to and turn. I'm willing to turn because it is – I will give you this. It is more universal. Um, yes. If this was just my personal picks, I would be putting forward It's Raining Men here. But And I think I did on my actual bracket. But I think from a universal perspective, it, it does need to be, come on, Eileen. So well done. I hope you're happy. Yeah. You ruined <laughs> Good. All right. So our final four is Take On Me by AHA versus Tainted Love. You Spin Me Around Like a Record versus Come On Eileen. Are those all four of the number one seeds? Can someone? They are. Wow. How did we get here? That never happens, folks, by the way. It like literally never happened before the number one seeds make it to the end. So, okay. So first up, Take On Me by versus Tainted Love. I'm going to start with Heather. I'm sticking with Take On Me. I'm going to be consistent on this one and I'm not going to move. All right. And Derek. Take on me 100%. And Carissa. I'm with Tainted Love here, but I am. this is not a hill I die on. <laughs> yeah. I'm with uh, I'm with Take On Me here. I think that of the two, and I argued for Tainted Love last time, but I think Take On Me is the more iconic song. Take a shot at home if you're listening. Used iconic. <laughs> um, you Spin Me Round versus Come On Eileen. I'm going to start with Carissa. I'm going with You Spin Me. All right. I'm going to go to Derek. I am torn on this, but I'm looking at what what the eventual victor is going to go against. And I'm going to stick with You Spin Me Round. Okay. Heather? Uh, yeah. Using the same logic that Derek did, I think based on what it's going to go against, I, I have to go with You Spin Me. 
Fascinating. So is this strategy? Is that what I'm seeing here? Is this like Survivor where you put a goat along to the final? Is that what's happening? Yes. Because you guys were just so passionate about Come On Eileen and just in a heartbeat switched to the other one. Eric, you're not the only one who uses strategery, okay? I don't ever use strategery. I'm a good person and I'm I'm full of love and light. And I'm kidding. I'm kidding everyone. Of course I'm strategic. <laughs> Fun fact, in a 360 at a former job, um, one person referred to me as Machiavellian. (laughs) (laughs) And she was right. Okay, so um, it's true. Final two, Take On Me by AHA versus You Spin Me Round by Dead or Alive. I'm very pleased with this final two. I think these are both great one-hit wonders. And I'm going to open it to the floor. Derek, which one wins? (laughs) Oh, man. I really thought this was going to be an easier decision for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe had maybe had I stuck with Come On Eileen, it would have been an easier decision. But these these both offer very similar kind of '80s vibes. Um, I'm gonna go with Take On Me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with Take On Me. I'm I'm firm in this, and I need to just stick with it. Carissa, um, I think I'm also gonna go with Take On Me here. The tipping point for me is the video, um, which is, I mean, iconic, take shot. Um, and also we have a drag queen reference uh, as because Gigi Good in the, her finale performance for season 12 um, did a really amazing routine uh, lip sync I, I, video, I guess, to this song. So It's art. I mean, the video is art. It's yeah. absolutely art. And Heather, it inspires more art. Yeah, for sure. For sure, Heather. I'm also going to take on me, but for a different reason. My rationale is that when I put these two next to each other, take on me is the song that people attempt to sing all the time. <laughs> all the damn time. No one ever does it successfully because as already no. covered, nobody actually has that note in their vocal range. <laughs> Except for Eric. Except no, for Eric. Eric. <laughs> and maybe like I know two other people who have it, but like Everybody and their mother tries to sing this song. I don't really think many people are like, yeah, I'm going to go to a karaoke bar and sing You Spin Me Round. Um, I 100% do. <laughs> <laughs> I have of course you do. I'm ready to go. I, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I take your point. Uh, so take on me for you. Yes. Yeah, we're going to make it unanimous, folks. And I think we haven't really touched that much on the Take On Me video. We've referenced it. But um, I don't think people now understand how mind-blowing this video was when it came out. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, again, that's okay. We're, we're here to be your pop culture auntie. Please go and look up the video on YouTube. It is a mix of live action and this incredible animated pencil and sketch style that is it's part of the story and mm-hmm. it is really magnificently done. Like you go back and you watch this. What year was this? 1985. Is that what we said? Yeah. Yeah. Sidebar. I continue to argue that 1985 was the year that pop culture peaked in planet wide. I honestly do believe that everything on there has been downhill since then. But um, even till today, which is 20, 35 years later, um, Nothing has touched that. It is peerless. It is an incredible achievement. And the fact that it was a music video in 1985, that's mind-blowing. still is today. Um, If you have not watched the literal translation video of this, please also check that on YouTube. Do take on me literal translation video. It's hilarious. Um, 
well worth your time. And to me, the, what's interesting about these two artists in the final two is that we will get people who will respond saying, neither of those are one hit wonders. Both of them had success after their songs. They absolutely did, especially in Europe. Both of these acts continue to have longevity. Neither one of them had another massive hit in the United States. And for that reason, I think they are frankly the best one hit wonders that we have to offer. I'm not mad with that title too at all. And I'm not mad with take on me winning the whole thing. I, I think that was where we were going the whole time. Anybody have any other thoughts on that? Well, here's the thing. Like, you know, when you're thinking about one hit wonders from the 70s and 80s, these are two songs from the 80s. None of the songs from the 70s that were in these brackets made it to to the top. Um, But when you think, like, if in your head, just real quickly, like, think 80s song. This is the 80s song you think of. It is. Mm -hmm. Because all all the other songs are like, you know they happened in the 80s, but they're not like the 80s song. Like, this is the 80s song to me. As a song, as a video, it is an incredible achievement, and it's crazy that like we never heard from them again in the states. Yeah. Again, I'm putting that asterisk on there. Yeah. Um, this was artistry at a very high level. So, any other thoughts on that? We good. All right. So that is it. We have made our decision. Take On Me is the best one-hit wonder of the 1970s and 80s. Do you agree? Do you think we are totally leotarded? Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube and drop a comment on this episode with your picks. Better yet, head to greatpopculturedebate.com and tell us what you think. And while you're there, check out the other episodes we've recorded. See if there are any polls that are open for your votes and weigh in on which future topics we should take on next. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you hit subscribe and consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like us, please become a Patreon subscriber as that allows us to keep on doing what we are doing. I want to thank my panelists for joining me today. You are all wonders and among my greatest hits. And thank you for listening to the Great Pop Culture Debate. We'll see you next time. And until then, remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions. Now, let's all go to the mall. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.